1: Hey, all you dog-loving peeps. I hope everyone enjoys that intro because I say it every time. Uh, Really quick, you guys, thank you so much uh, for listening to the podcast, of course. This is a fantastic episode. I say that every time, but like I said before, and I'll say it again because maybe some of you guys are new, I'm not going to put out episodes. I don't think you guys aren't going to walk away with a ton of information. This is an individual working with three different dogs under the same house, and it's, it's going to be similar to some of the other things that you've heard of really small problems that the owner thinks are big problems. And actually me discovering that the bigger problem is the relationship. We have some insecurity issues. We have some separation, anxiety issues. We have, what are the next steps to take when you have dogs that are fighting with each other inside the house? But if if you guys are listening to get information because you have dogs or you have a dog, this is still really beneficial because we go over how to reset Any relationship with the dog. Some of the analogies, I don't know what's gotten into me lately, but some of the analogies in this episode are are things I haven't said before that I think are going to resonate with you guys a lot. I know it, like, you hear me actually say, Hey, I learned something right here. This has been great. Um, So listen to this episode. I think you're going to love it. Before we get into it, uh, you guys on the last podcast, uh, we did a giveaway on the 280C. So what I'm going to do now is I want to answer some of your questions and podcasting doesn't have like a forum where you can ask questions. Like you can't leave comments on podcasts. So if you guys have my podcast listeners are different from other platforms, you guys are special to me like everyone else is. And if you guys have questions that you want me to answer, I'm going to pick three every episode in the beginning. Um, All you guys have to do is leave a review, an honest review on this podcast. After you leave your, your, your review, you can ask your question in your text. Just leave your review and in the bottom say, Put a cue and say, my question, Tom, to you is this, and I'll answer it on the next podcast. That's the only way that I can figure out how to do it. And of course, the reviews help the podcast grow, so that's always appreciated. So anyway, let's get into the podcast. I hope you guys enjoy it. Have a wonderful day. Good luck with everything. Have a good day. Okay, bye. So what's going on?
2: Oh, I got a sitch, man. I wrote stuff down so I could be like really useful to you and to myself. I have three um, Patterdale Terriers. Are you aware of that breed?
1: Um not off the top of my head, no.
2: Okay. So it's kind of like a Jack Russell. They come from the UK. You know, they're terriers. They're normally used for hunting out in the UK and what have you. Even around here in the United States, people just don't know what they are. Um, they have the crop tail. They like I said, they look like Jack Russell's. They're about that size. So um, you know, I I had the twelve and the eight year old uh two years ago. The twelve year old started to get a little decrepit, a little like, eh, I'm not feeling like I'm I'm doing too well. My daughter's like, oh, I want another dog. Um, I I did the fold and let's get another one, you know. And sure. all of a sudden the, the older one popped up and she's like, I'm here to stay, I'm good, I'm rocking, I'm rolling. Yeah. So now I've got like three super active, you know, dogs. But with um Bailey, who's the oldest one, and Kiko, they got along pretty much good. They were, you know, totally fine. So ox came into the mix and he um i he's the only one i've had since nine weeks old bailey i got it four months uh kiko at nine months again kind of rescue situations there ox i got it nine weeks brought him into the home very active very like biting on the legs you know of the other dogs you know very prey driven you could tell i think he came from more of like the real um hunting stock you know um, with them, and uh, I reprimanded the other dogs for kind of getting after him, and I feel like that was a mistake on my part of not letting the other dogs kind of be like, "Hey, don't do that," or whatever. But you know, they're terriers, so I didn't want them to kind of like go after him too much. So what started happening is is he started growing like Clifford the Big Red Dog. I the dog is bigger; he's twice as big as my other two Patterdels. So do I think that the guy probably bred something else in, possibly? Um, he's 28 pounds. The other ones are 18. Mm. Um, so he's really big and he's got a big square head and whatever. So, um, what started happening that was like, started to freak me out was during at the door, Bailey barks a lot. She's very nervous, very high strung. She's my 12 year old. She barks a lot. So when they would run to the door, they heard anything outside. They'd be barking, barking, barking. Ox started redirecting the youngest one on the other dogs, like biting them. So I had, you know, I've never really experienced that before, but as he got a little bit bigger, he got a hold of Bailey on the back, big, deep hole. Kiko went after her as well, as soon as he did. Right. And that was my first experience of like, oh, wow. Right. So, um, he only redirects during very high energy, barking, craziness. Like if they get really amped up, um, He's a lot calmer dog, if this makes sense. I, it may not make sense to you because I'm saying the one he's the one lashing out. But he gets really nervous, but yet he's very low-key. He doesn't have the stamina they do. He's not high-strung, so it seems to agitate him a lot. And Ox is a biter. So at about um, like four months, five, five months old, I put him in training. I said, this dog's got to be in training. I took him one-on-one training, 11 weeks. Um, five weeks he got the e-collar he um, did really well in training graduated wasn't aggressive with any of the other dogs when they would bring like distraction dogs in and all of that Um, graduated him out everything was fine he will let go now like if he gets the dog and I say out he'll let the dog go so um, you know he, he will let go of things Kiko has turned now, my Mm -hmm. eight-year-old, he's turned somewhat aggressive toward Ox. So last week I had an incident, and it's been a long time since I had an incident. Um, And Ox had his muzzle on uh, because I don't let him with the other two dogs without the muzzle if I'm working or something and I can't be paying exact attention. Um, Ox barked. He just went like one bark. Then Kiko sat up on the couch. Ox barked. uh, Kiko barked a little bit. Ox jumped up with his front feet on the couch and Kiko just grabbed him by the arm. And Tom, he would not let go of him. And Kiko's like my baby, my this, my that. Like he is on top of me all the time, whatever. That dog would not listen to me, would not let go. And that's how Kiko is. Like he gets a hold of a ball. He's kind of ball obsessive. He will not let go. Well, I mean, it was bad. Ox was screaming. He still had his muzzle on. I had him by the collar And I'm holding him and Bella's trying to get my 12 year old, like trying to get Kiko to let go. So we got him off a box. But as soon as he did, I can't tell you how it happened, but I had him by the collar, the muzzle slipped. He was able to get his hand in, slipped the muzzle. And as I was picking Kiko up, he got him by the leg, but he got him, he tagged him so hard and pulled that Kiko's had like a drain in his leg for the last week and a half. Um, You know, I'm dealing with wound care and craziness for the last week and a half. Um, But when I yelled out, he let him go. Mm. But the damage was done. Mm -hmm. If that had been his neck, he'd have been gone. You know what I mean? Like, um, ox is just double his size. So, of course, I spend, we spend a lot of time with our dogs. We travel with them. Um, We never leave them or board them. They they go with us on the weekends. We we can take ox anywhere because he's trained, like, Took him to the market last week. He doesn't attack other dogs that are there. Mm -hmm. He sits out and we eat lunch or whatever. The other two are a lot more reactive to other dogs than Ox is. But everyone's telling me, everyone meaning like family, friends, when all of this goes on, like Ox needs to go. You know, he obviously doesn't fit into the scenario. I love the dog. I spend a ton of time with him. I I feel like he's really trained pretty well. um, I know this was unfortunate. I know I have a lot to do with it, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've, I've, I've invested a lot of time and love and energy. I, I'm, I'm not a throwaway kind of person. I just want to know if I'm doing, like, what am I doing wrong? And how can can we fix it? What is next as far as training for him? If, if, for ox. What, what, yes, for ox.
1: Well, is, uh, are all the dogs fixed? Yes. Okay. So th- there's a lot to unfold here there's a lot going on. So it's, it seems to me that Bailey and Kiko, the older dog and the middle dog are a different type of terrier. If you will, they, they have a different personality and they, they, they mesh together well, so they get along and then entering ox into the equation. Obviously there's some tension and there's some situations that are going on. So there's, there's a likelihood that they're not all ever going to get along necessarily the way that you want them to, just like with anything else in life, you know, with family members and friends and whatever, sometimes you just, you just don't get along and, uh, you, you, you do the best you can to just deal with it. And that happens often. I mean, how many times do you just, rather you're talking on the phone with somebody or you're, you're dealing with a sibling or a coworker or whatever, and you just kind of bite your tongue and and just say, okay, I don't agree with you, but we're going to move on, right? Happens all the time. Dogs are a little bit different. They tend to wear their heart on their sleeves a little bit more. They're a little bit more assertive. If they have a problem, they typically will handle it. Some dogs avoid and avoid the conflict, avoid the fight for sure. But other dogs just, sometimes they just build and they stack. It's called emotion stacking. They build and they stack and they stack and they stack and they stack and then boom, it just triggers. They just lose it happens with people too. I mean, right. You have those, day, sure. you know, air quotes, you have those air quotes, those days. And really those days are just uh, an explosion of emotion stack for the last two weeks or the last week or whatever.
2: I think that's Kiko with him, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Just frustration really in lamest terms, I guess. And so that's one thing to consider is it doesn't matter what type of training that you do. There is we have to be mindful about the consideration of them just not getting along and the things that you need to be doing to keep them successful. And I would suggest making more a more realistic goal and a more realistic lifestyle set up to make your life easier and to make their lives easier and to not live with... Um, I guess not live with unrealistic expectations because then what you'll do is you'll just make yourself frustrated because you're trying to put a square in a round hole and it just won't fit. So a lot of dog owners do that. So I don't know for sure the exact equation of, of how, you know, how this is all going to work out, but just be mindful that that could be a thing. So the type of training you should be doing with all of them obviously is just having it doesn't sound like Bailey is too big of an issue i think it sounds more that it's the middle and the younger kiko and ox they're they're kind of headbutting each other a bit and your obedience
2: she, she will jump in, though oh honey if, if one of them goes she'll go you know but mm-hmm. she's not
1: The aggressor to go. Yeah. right yeah that's what i meant so yeah. it's not it's not like i don't i don't necessarily really care about dogs who aren't aggressing. Like I'm, I want to talk about the dogs that are starting the problem, not the dogs yeah. that are jumping in during the problem that's happening. Got you you want to that's the, normal. Yeah, like you you get to the, yeah, you want to get to the person who threw the f- first punch, not the people who jumped in after, because right. that's what it was happening. Right. Exactly. <laughs> okay. So that's that. And, and I think, you know, Kiko and ox have this thing kind of lashing out at each other. And of course your obedience has a big role, Playing into this because your obedience is your control. It's your ability to communicate. It's your ability to literally handle situations. Dogs don't speak English, so your obedience essentially is your communication. How how good is how good is your how good is your communication with your dog is predicated off of your obedience. In most cases, cases that you need things, you can you you can say hey how are you how you doing? Your dog knows you're happy, but they don't really know that you're asking them how their day is. (laughs) You can say, Hey, knock it off. And they know you're upset, but they don't know that you said, knock it off. Right. They just, your voice inflection kind of matters. Mm -hmm. But in between that is communication and communication equals obedience. For the most part, go to your bed, lay down and stay there. Yes. Got it. Right. Or like out. Yeah. All of it. He
2: knows out and and he let him go, but Kiko doesn't do out. You know what I mean? He didn't let him go. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's just a piece to this is what I'm saying is you gotta make sure that your obedience, aka your communication is good because if you think about it, if you're a if you're a mom to these kids, if you will, for a second, and one speaks a different language than or they all speak a different language than you and they're fighting, it's really frustrating for you to communicate to them that what they're doing is wrong and they need to stop. And in I think realistic cases and moving forward from here it's also going to be really hard for you to manage the situation kiko yes. gets kiko starts to build getting upset ox give the gives the eye you say leave it i don't know what leave it is you say come i don't know what come is you go you you say place i don't know what place is so those are the those are the communicative factors that you have to deal in with because they like i said i think it's going to go one way or the other they're either you're they're either not going to like each other and you're going to have to continue to manage the situation which isn't a big deal it's not as hard as i think people make it out to be it's just inconvenient to be honest with you in my opinion i think it's just in- yeah i think it's just inconvenient people would just rather not have to do it of course but that's not the reality of having a an- bunch of not a bunch but multiple animals living under yeah. one roof you know Agreed. especially if they have different opinions with each other and again it's it's a much like siblings like there's there's families out there that their siblings, brothers and sisters, whether they're young or old, they just never talk to each other ever, and they grow right. apart, and that's it. They just didn't like each other, and that it is what it is. They stay out of each other's way, you know? Not not common, but it happens, and it, and it's, it happens way more in the animal kingdom with dogs because— They don't really see. It's not an. They don't live that emotional. Yeah, you're my brother. Yeah, you're my sister. They're not really brothers and sisters. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't
2: have to have. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. So anyway, I'm just kind of giving you some context of. No,
2: that's good. It means good perspective. It
1: is. I get it. Yeah. So. Yeah. So your obedience has to be somewhat decent if you're going to continue to manage the situation. If they decide just to not like each other, that's going to be huge. You come into the house because it sounded to me that there's a lot of. why this is happening other than them not being um in love with each other if you will why this is happening it sounds like over over overstimulation so it sounds like thresholds uh, you know so going outdoors getting really excited uh, one of the dogs getting up on the couch and getting interested in something, and the other dog just saying, "Hey, I don't like you doing that." So it's kind of it kind of becomes this game where they're just stacking. One goes over the other, over the other, and you just keep building. No, I'm bigger. No, I'm bigger. No, I'm bigger. No, I'm bigger. Mm-hmm. And you'll see those triggers happen when you're when you're dealing with stimulation. So say you come home with a squeaky toy. That's going to be a trigger. That's mine. Oh, yeah. no, that's mine. No, that's mine. No, that's mine. No, that's mine. Potential fight um, mom or dad, kids come home, somebody, grandma, somebody comes over neighbor. Hey, we're excited. We're excited. We're wagging our tail. I want attention. No, I want attention. No, I want attention. No, I want attention. Right. So that's where you're going to get another trigger. Uh, just being,
2: what is the, what is the door barking? Like if, if Bailey gets upset or not upset, but like she's,
1: she's barking because
2: something's, yeah. Like what is that reacting where they like tag each other? Like, I don't, Yeah. I, I can't understand that. Like yeah. Why is he attacking them? Well, it's frustrating.
1: Oh, it. Yeah, it's outletting frustration. So it's it's called redirection. So you could call it redirective frustration. You could call it redirecting. I just call it redirecting. So it essentially Not necessarily. It's just it's it's Yeah, it's frustration more than anything. It's not like they're mad at each other. They're, what happens is is essentially you got a you got a barrier, aka a house or a door. Mm-hmm. And that barrier on the other side is what they want to get to. Because they hear somebody, they know somebody's there. So they're revving up like this, right? And then the other ones are doing, you got like little minions all doing the same thing up, revving up, revving up, revving up, revving up, revving up, revving up, right? And then they get frustrated because they can't get out. And then they just take, they boil over, it ignites. And then they just take that energy and redirect on each other. Happens often with dogs who are frustrated on the leash with leash reactivity and leash frustration where you correct a dog with something and then they redirect on the handler it's nothing personal and it's nothing personal with them they just they out they're getting frustrated and they're the closest thing
2: am, am i wrong to think that ox being you made a, a, an interesting statement by saying he may be like a different type of terrier yeah. obviously he's larger and i don't like i said i don't know what he's bred into or, or like what's bred into his line but he is, the only thing I can explain to you is he has just got a calmer energy and they seem to drive him crazy a little bit. Like with their more like agitated energy, is that a realistic thing that maybe they just annoy annoy him without?
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, think about, it's just personalities, right? You could get a a dog that is super calm and confident and doesn't react to things that they feel like they don't need to. And then you're going to get a, a dog that's a little bit more spazzy and and reactive to things because they may be insecure what's that who's that did you hear that what was going on did you yeah. what was that somebody's at the door i think somebody's at the door did you hear that i think the garage opened like those types of dogs where they're constantly you know th- like a movie character and yeah. then you get other dogs that are just you know like mafia bosses and they're they they don't roll over for anybody you know but right. they don't they don't really go out of their way to do anything either they just sit there and they're like i don't care <laughs> what do and i care about? what so, do i care it
0: seems
2: so weird because he seems scared like even though he's the biggest, sometimes he's he seems so fear. Like I used to say, always oh, fear aggressive. I don't even know if I'm, you know, I don't even know if I'm assessing that the right way. But he he's like, oh my God, oh my God. Like some people say like back of the pack dogs or whatever. Like he's like, oh my God, mm-hmm. oh my God. He's kind of like that. But yet when they bark, he's like, oh my God, I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, you know, it's so confusing to me as I watch it. Like, is he a fearful dog? Is he a, like a reactive? Like, does it even matter? I yeah. don't know yeah you know, that's okay this is kind of funny timing i'm i came outside but um you hear the neighbor's dog i do okay so i have a six foot pvc um fence mm. and the dog that comes out here and barks like this there's two of them there's an english bulldog, dog and then what looks like a lab mix or whatever and the lab mix freaks out and he goes at the fence if ox is out here An ox goes at the fence like full bore, like -hmm. like digging, going insane, whatever. He will redirect if any of the other dogs are out here. So when we moved here and I got a quarter of an acre fenced, I was like, yay, ox is going to be able to run, whatever. I can't let him out without being on a leash because if they happen to let these dogs out, he will hit that fence and he will go insane. Getting him off the fence is hard for me. Yeah. So that's another issue. But anyway, um, okay. So obedience. I mean, just getting back to like what I can do, like obedience for Kiko, Bailey, you don't really think, I mean, she's 12. She kind of can't see very well. She's in, she's kind of cushionoid. She's got some cushions going on. Like she's, she sleeps most of the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, but obedience is definitely something I've been talking about recently, um, for Kiko. Um, and I, you know, I, I feel like that would, you know, obviously be a key, uh is going towards kiko so what else do you hear
1: well yeah so obedience and then also like i'd be interested to know what are you doing like when they so so making things smaller too making their world smaller i would say is not don't give them very vulnerable opportunities to go after each other so watch for being protective, watch for resource guarding ish, you know, watch for over attention, watch for jealousy, watch for those things, because that could also set them up. So, you know, having one dog on the couch, and then having another dog on the floor, and then walking past each other, especially if it's Kiko and Ox, that could be problematic, because that's, that's why a lot of people say, Like if you go online, you know, dog trainers, air quotes, dog trainers, bloggers will say, don't let dogs in the furniture. It's like this urban myth and it's, there's some validity to it because it does create conflict between dogs who have a problem because it's like this, Hey, I'm on top and you're not. So things like that, you know, the bed, Kiko
2: Kiko sleeps with me and Kiko is super, super attached to me. Like, Mm -hmm. like super attached to me. Um, and He wants to be on my lap at all times. Um, It seems that his aggression towards Ox, and I may be misreading it, um, and I don't want to read into it, but the more time I've spent with Ox and um, taking him for walks and leaving Kiko home and whatever, Kiko has seemed more like lash out towards Ox. He used to just defend himself toward Ox, but now, obviously, as I told you, he was the aggressor that, you know, whatever. So I don't know if that's realistic that he could be jealous. Uh, when it comes to me spending time with Ox or you know what have you, yeah, I but think he does so. sleep in my bed, and I've had a lot of people tell me, uh, you know, maybe you shouldn't.
1: Well, you can just create tension. That's that's what I was going to get into next. Is your relationship with them is likely causing a lot of this explosion because they're fighting for attention sometimes, and they're competing for attention. And dogs are just savages. Like people don't realize. Like they'll just kill each other and not think twice about it and just go lay down and take a nap they don't care like they just don't they're animals you know people forget that and so I think that I think that that's that's one thing I was going to mention and bring up is a lot of times I find in these multiple dog households is your relationship so it kind of goes down the it kind of goes down this cycle and it goes down like this timeline of my relationship with my dog is this, you know, they're, they're, they are very needy. They want attention. They always want to be on me. They always want to touch me. They have separation anxiety. They have to sleep with me. They have to sit on the couch with me. They have to go in the car with me they have to go to the drive-thru with me. They have to go to the bathroom with me and they have to do all these things with me. And then eventually happens. Like what I find with that is it becomes, it becomes very granular in a sense that the dog that is acting like that also is doing it because they're not getting as much structure as maybe they need to. So think about it kind of like a a four or five year old that's weaning off from staying home with mom and dad every day or with mom every day and starting to go to kindergarten or first grade or whatever. It's like it's scary. I can't. I must be with you. And they want to. They want to stay home and be a homebody forever because that's where they're comfortable. But it, but what happens with dogs is. It creates a lot of insecurities and it creates a lot of vulnerability so you have like a twofold you have a dog that is developing insecurity because we are enabling them to be hey i need help and we help them air quotes when really they don't need help hey i need attention hey pay attention hey look at me hey we got to go do something and then what it what what ends up happening is is you get this unhealthy relationship with the dog and then they become protective over you because you're not showing them any sides of leadership. You, you guys are buddies. You're, 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 you're glorified roommates. You're not, you're not like the authoritative figure because of every time that the dog wants something in some degree or some sense, the, the dog gets what they want to some degree. So that, so it, like I said, it's a twofold, you're getting to, it's a lose lose because you're getting a dog that is creating insecurity and anxiety and you're also basically telling the dog that you're not in charge which then two things can kind of fold from that is even if it's not the reason why they're reacting they won't care that you're around when they react because they don't respect you and the second fold to that is they might be reacting especially Kiko because because of the relationship that Kiko has with you he might be becoming jealous, and that's why they're giving each other the the eyes and the look. I mean, think about it. If I have brothers and sisters, so or a brother and a sister, I should say. So if I was little, and my brother came home with this brand new toy that mom and dad got him, and then my sister came home with this brand new toy that 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 she got, and I got nothing, yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna hold a grudge. <laughs> it may be for a day, but. And I'm not going to fight them or maybe I would. I'm not sure. It's the point is, (laughs) (laughs) the point is, is it's, it's, it definitely can create tension. And so, so so that's a thing.
2: So you brought up two things that key into something recent. So I, I started working uh, out of town. Uh, I I worked from home because of COVID and all this stuff for a year and a half. Okay. I never Mm -hmm. left the house. I was there at Kiko all the time and you know, all the dogs, right? Um, but I started working in Orlando, uh, driving to Orlando three days a week. Kiko has become, my husband and I talk about it exponentially more obsessed with me. Mm -hmm. Um, when I am home exponentially, like I, I, he, he can't let me out of his sight. Where am I going? What am I doing? Following me to the door, following me everywhere. Just like what you just said. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think you're right. I, I don't, I think I don't have enough structure. I, I, I am kind of kind of spontaneous, kind of a, more of a non structured person anyway, but um but what does structure look like then to you? Like can you mm-hmm. can you guide me a little bit on what you mean by structure for, for the dogs? Yeah. Even if it's just an example, not necessarily what I need to do, but sure. you know, what does structure look like
1: then? Sure. Yeah, it's a good question and, and I haven't really been able to to pinpoint it exactly like some of the other things that I've been able to do with my analogies, but I think structure for dogs is much like structure for people. So say you get somebody that's kind of lost and they're they're, They don't really know what to do. They don't have direction. They don't have a leader. They don't have, they don't have um, any of that. And then they go to the military. And so that's kind of like what structure equates to dogs is I'm going to ask you to do very, very, very basic things, but I'm going to hold you accountable if you don't do them. And there's consequences if you don't do them. So, Wake up at 6, make your bed, shine your shoes, show up at the mess hall at 7. Like ve- so that's like four very – I'm just giving you an example. I'm not in the right, military, right. so I don't know. But i right, like giving right. you a it's very basic, basic thing, right? So it's, right. it's holding, the, holding the dog accountable if they don't do these things. So in the dog world, it would be shaping up your – because, again, your, your leash is your lifeline to your dog when you're trying to teach them something new especially when you don't have that off-leash. Like Lakota, for an example, my shepherd, I, because she's so food-driven and because she's a working dog, I can teach her things very easily without anything other than motivator in my voice and a little bit of leash pressure. But my point is, is when, you're, when you're going out to work with a dog, your, your leash is your lifeline to say, like, hey, I'm going to teach you some new stuff. I'm going to talk to you. We're going to have a conversation right now on the leash in a conversation that makes sense to the dog. So you're going to go out, you're going to say, Kiko sit right here. Here's what normally happens. Here's what structure can look like for you tonight or tomorrow. You get your, you get your leash and collar set up on your dog. You go, you put, you put the other two dogs away. You get Kiko on the leash, you go up to the door. You say, Kiko sit, Kiko may sit. So there's the first test right there. I'm asking you to do a very basic behavior. To be honest with you, I would say 50% of the time dogs won't sit without a motivator directly in front of them. An Italian Deli has to be four inches away from their face to do that behavior, and they're only doing that behavior because they have something, because they've been conditioned that if you have something in the front of you, they put their butt on the ground and they get paid, and they get up and they walk away. They don't know sit. So I would, like I said, I would say maybe even sometimes more than 50-50. But my point is, is Kiko sit? That's that's a whole battle right there. Sometimes I spend a whole session teaching a dog how to sit because their owner thought they knew how to do it, and they don't. They just don't. So I say, okay, put your motivator away. Ask your dog to sit. You say, Kiko, sit. Kiko, sit. Pressure. So it's
2: without a motivator. Right. Is the key. Right. For
1: you. Well, Pressure. in the beginning, you got to test the waters. You got to see where you're at. This is this is it's a test for you guys. Will my dog listen to the most basic things I could ever teach an animal? ever or a dog anyway right you're not going to teach a whale to sit i guess so we say kiko sit and right there there's your first challenge if kiko doesn't sit well that's something you got to work on it's like oh my god i can't even get kiko to sit red flag that's like the first thing you know what i mean like you can't you can't ask your dog to do something and then normally what happens is if you do pass that test and the dog puts their butt on the ground and then you go and grab the door boom they get up immediately i'm done with sitting We're, we're leaving right that's a problem because you, you, you're, the, dog is, the dog is assuming that they are cueing off of what they want to do. That, your hand grabs that door. The next move is for you to open it for the dog to go out. So they immediately go, yep, we're going somewhere. And so you, you use your leash. You correct the dog. You give them pressure. However your system is set up, however your relationship is with your dog, you put them back into a sit. You don't even open the door. And then they're looking at you like you have 10 heads because this is all new. They're like, what are we doing? We, we don't ever do this. But this uh-huh. is. So, so that's just an example is getting your dog to sit and then quite literally grabbing the door and then opening it while your dog is in a sit. Asking your dog basically for an engagement, like to look at you and then break. And then you break the dog out. That's like, that would be structure. So structure would be, I want you to do this at this time under these circumstances. Okay. Now you can go and be a dog. Give yourself a break. So it's, so think about it like schooling too. Like when I was in school, school is crazy now. It's a completely different from when I was in school. Right. Uh, so it's like you get to school at eight, you have class one, two, three, and four. You have lunch, uh, you know, five, six, seven, you have recess and then you go home, whatever, you know, that's structure. I know I have to be here at this time, blah, 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 blah. And there's consequences if you don't. And they're, they're enforced and and you're being held accountable. And so it's the fear of, I don't want to get in trouble outweighs, you know, people usually just make the right decision, which is your job because that's your responsibility to sculpt and mold that brain and to give them, give them that guideline. So that would be like an example of kind of reconditioning that structure. So right now, Say you and your husband go to the back door and you're like, their dogs are like, yeah, we're going to go outside. They're jumping, they're barking, they're yipping, they're spinning, they're getting excited, and they're just revving up like little minions. Like, you know, I can't wait, you know. And then you you take your time and you you ask them all to sit. And these are things that you're probably going to want to do on the leash because you're not going to be able to hold them accountable if they're not on the leash, which is a problem. Go to your room. No. Okay. You got to have accountability because that immediately tells them at a, at a huge macro that if they just say no, or in your case, they don't do the behavior and they're, they're not patient and they don't listen to you and they don't ask for permission and they don't basically manners, right? They don't, they're not using their manners. They, you know, you cook a home cooked meal, you slaved all day over it. your, Your family comes in and they all get a plate and go to the room and don't say anything. My chop liver, what the heck! What? You're welcome. What? Sit down at the table. We can hang out together. Like those types of things. Like that would be structure, is just saying, here's how things are gonna go. And the opposite side of that is, is say you had really good obedience with your dogs and good structure. So you go to the door, they're all excited, and you say, Bailey, sit. Kiko, sit. Ox, sit. Like bang, bang, boom. Now, all of their attention is on you and not on each other. Cause they're not, they're not like rushing to the gate to get the front row tickets to the, to the show, which is going out back to bark at the dog next door. They're not right. like, let me go. Let me go. And that's what they're doing. They're stacking each other. I'm bigger. Right. No, I'm going. No, I'm going. And then you build frustration and then you let them out and they start barking at each other, nipping at each other. Tension rises. So that that's how you break all of that is through calmness and really calmness comes from leadership and consequences and structure and, and, and really just kind of. Taking that chaotic anarchy and individualizing the behaviors that you want to execute on, and say, okay, you're not gonna because you wouldn't be able to get all three of them right now and do what I just said. You'd have to you'd have to get them individually. Oh yeah. And work on those things. Yeah. And then go re-deliver it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's kind of how you would re-establish your relationship with your dogs on a very. I I to to be honest with you, like that helps so many people just re-establish things. Like you don't have to go crazy. You just have to take very basic stuff and hold the dog accountable because then they'll go, Oh, you care. Oh, you're holding me accountable. Oh, I can't get away with something. So when you, so my point is, is right now, if you said, Hey, knock it off because you haven't worked on accountability and you haven't worked on reinforcing things, there's a good chance. They're not going to care about it because the only thing that you're going to do is either yell louder or stomp your feet and get close to them and they're going to run away or, or, or kneel down and submit and say, sorry. But you know, if you start practicing this accountability with the, with the, with the collars, you know, with the slip collars, whatever the heck you're using, um, your voice is going to mean something. And so when you go, Hey, knock it off. And that was followed through with some sort of correction from the leash at some point, They're going to take that more seriously, and they're actually going to respect it. I mean, I see it it. with
2: Ox. I mean, for sure. I mean, right now, I could probably say to Ox, like, no, sit. He would sit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I've done the most consequence work with him. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I just really, I guess I was ignorant to think that, you know, Kiko's never been an issue. He's never... Right. Been a problem. And everyone, anyone that you, you would talk to in my house or around my family would be like, oh my God, is the sweetest one. Oh my God, he loves you so much. He's so sweet. Yeah. You know, and, uh, but yet he's kind of exhibiting these. You know, and he won't listen to me. I mean, he did not listen to me when I told him to let go of box, obviously. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, that's a different story, too, because that's like, that's an entirely, I mean, that, that doesn't, that, I, I wouldn't say, hey, your obedience sucks if that didn't happen. That's like your dog actually catching a squirrel and then you saying out. That would be, that would be like. So he was already to, like, yeah, a place he was, where he wasn't
2: going to listen to me. Right. Anyway.
1: But I think, like, just again, kind of getting granular and, 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 and going up from that. You just have to look at your relationship you know with the dogs and say how much do they respect me does does kiko look at me as a leader does kiko look at me as like a velcro you know that those are the types of things that will develop this anxiety and this tension and this frustration because they're they're constantly like especially for kiko like he's desperately desperately trying to get to you all the time and right so that's a problem because if he can't get to you he's going to get frustrated he's going to get upset and then, especially if it's, co- it's being caused by another dog, it's going to be even worse. Because
2: well, he, the, all, the other two can be kenneled. Kiko on Friday with a drain in his leg. You know, I put yeah. him in the kennel. He will stay mm-hmm. um, in the kennel if we are on vacation. It's very odd. Uh, my sister's other dogs are with us usually. He, it's like, he knows like we're on vacation. I stay in the kennel during the day when you guys go out. Right. Cause we're staying yeah. in an Airbnb. He knows it yep. here. If I put him in Tom, he will, he would rip his own teeth out to get out of that kennel. Right. Mm-hmm. So Friday with a drain in his leg on Halloween, he's in here and he's screaming like he's going insane, like he's going to die mm-hmm. because he's in the, in the kennel. So, you know, does it matter whether I'm teaching him to be in the kennel or I'm teaching him to stay off the couch do, you know, does that really matter? Whether it's, "Hey, I want you to stay in the kennel," and I want you to stop doing that, or, "Hey, I want you off the couch."
1: Yeah, you know? yeah, it does matter. Do I, you I understand what I'm trying to. Yeah, ask? yeah, your your obedience and and your mm, authority uh, should be should be sustainable and scalable everywhere. Gotcha. Just like with kids, like it, it doesn't matter if we're on, at the pool or outside. That's true. You know, we're at the beach. We're we're in the cul-de-sac. We're in the backyard. You're at school. Like whatever. Like blah blah blah. blah. Like they shouldn't just listen to you because of the environment that they're in. They should just listen to you because it's you. You don't change. Like you're the you're the apex in that situation. Like you are you are the narrator. So like when my dogs are outside, or in the house, or in the car, or on the trail, like I don't expect them to necessarily listen differently. Because good. they just listen to me. So the core doesn't change. Like right. my relationship with them stays true no matter what we do. Of course, there's going to be natural regression depending on the environment. You know, if there's a hundred squirrels running around, I'm not going to expect them to has have as good an engagement as if we are just sitting in my kitchen at night, you know. So, of course, there's, there's some... Um, truth to having dogs be dogs but yeah I mean at the end of the day if your dog is in the crate and they're hollering and screaming bloody murder and you can't calm them down by just saying hey knock it off lay down or leave it or whatever like if you don't have that that's just because of the lack thereof like okay. my point is is my okay I'll give you another example this is very transferable to you my, my Dutch Shepherd, Lakota, hates the vacuum. So we have a cleaning service. So that, does Kiko. Right. So we have, a, we have this cleaner service that comes in like every other week, I think, and they clean the house, whatever. So when she's in the crate and the cleaner services are in here, she's screaming bloody murder. I mean, she's like, eh, hey, let me out. Like she just, she feels vulnerable. She feels trapped. I get it. I, I do. I, I understand. I, I empathize with that. I, I understand. She doesn't like it. Now she's stuck in this crate because <laughs> she was eating or whatever. So I... I can go over and say, you know, plots and stay and she'll stop. She doesn't want to. It's 100% suppression. She's only doing it because she doesn't want to get in trouble. And she's only doing it because I made her do it 100%. -hmm. She's not all of a sudden calm, (laughs) right? Right? right. She's like, Oh my God. Okay, fine. Because, (laughs) but there's certain things in life that I think there's like fair suppression and then there's not fair suppression. right? Right, right. Of course. So like a not fair suppression would be, the cleaner banging the vacuum on top of her kennel, oh, those right. types of things. So so my point is is I'm just trying to give you some sort of um um I'm just trying to give you some sort of an example of like how I would be handling those situations. But again, like you don't have that control with the dogs. Mm, yeah. To be able to no, I mean it helps. Yeah.
2: The perspective, I understand it, I get it. And as I it comes into to view to me, I you know, I see and it's true. It's like you always see the, it's like you hear the squeaky wheel. you see the big dog attacking the small dog mm-hmm. and all of that. Um, but I am, you know, I, I've read enough. I watch enough. I, I watch a lot um, where I know uh, recently that Kiko has, you know, is presenting this and I need to spend time with yeah. that, you know? And, you know, I think that's what I take away from this is basic obedience with all of them solves a lot of problems and just because Kiko you know loves me and you know always wants to be up my butt and what have you it doesn't mean that that's the healthiest relationship obviously it's actually probably in the reverse you know
1: yeah it's definitely
2: has a lot more respect for me than Kiko does
1: yeah because it sounds like you you like you said you bring ox out and you work on leash training and you work on that structure and you don't with Kiko so again it's like you're making one go to school and the other one not.
2: It's true. Yeah. It's true. And but but like with Ox in the in the fence, I, you know, even though he does listen to me in a lot of circumstances and I do have obedience down with him way beyond all the other dogs and I've worked very hard and I work with him all the time, he I can't get the fence thing to stop
1: um yeah. no i understand
2: listen to that you know i understand like level 10
1: yeah no totally i understand but that but again like that kind of comes and this is a good point and that's why i like i love having these conversations because i get to learn something new every time i talk to a dog owner as well i, I get to sharpen my own knife so my application of the force suppression that i just talked about which i've never talked about the way that i did there is applicable to what you just said is again like if there's definitely an option to control that you just don't have the ability to do it because you haven't done that training so like you you could recall him off of the fence if you had good recall but you don't so you can't (laughs) and even if you so reverse you have great recall the dog will turn on a dime no matter what's going on but he's not going to want to but it doesn't matter because it's not appropriate you know so he's like dog dog dog
2: i can get him to stop with the fence yes a hundred
1: percent. Yeah. I just don't know if you will, you know, that's a different, different thing. I know that you as a human being have the ability to work on that. And him as a dog has the ability to understand that he has to come back to you when you say come back. But again, like to get to that, it's just like anything else. Like if you're like Tom, uh, like if I, if I wanted to become a bodybuilder, I could, (laughs) But uh, it's gonna take a long time. It's yeah. but it's not. It's not gonna. It wouldn't be like that for you. It wouldn't be a four year process or anything. It right. would be. It would be understanding the foundations of leash pressure first, and then moving over to transition to make sure that your obedience is really great. You know on leash and then once you start doing that you say your recall is good your your place your sit your stay all of that is good without distractions and then you go start layering in the remote collar and you start using the remote collar for this obedience and then once you're really good with the remote collar obedience maybe on week two and a half to three you start start incrementing those heavy distractions in and you start holding him. right now if he's at the fence and he's barking and losing his mind you can say you can call him whatever names you want you tell him to come he's not going to do it because there's a current Game there, it's it's the other dog versus you, and the other dog's always going to win unless you have something to interject and you have something to actually discourage that behavior when he's doing it from a distance. Because if you went over there and grabbed him, he's going to be barking all the way back.
2: Right, but even the e-collar with him. I mean, Tom, I've gone up pretty high on that with that with, the, and I've tried to get him before he turns his mm-hmm. like you know uh, his attention toward mm-hmm. the fence. But once he's there, yeah. I, and, once he's there, I, I think I could light him up, you know what I Right. Mean? But was,
1: yeah, no, I understand. I get it. It's, it's, it's a terrier doing terrier things. I, I, I'm not yeah. saying that it's not intense. I'm just saying that what type of e-collar do you have?
2: Um, I, um, I'm sorry. I don't know the name of it, but it's the, the, Training place that I went to, it's like $189. It's like, you know, it's not a Bobo. Okay.
1: Yeah, okay, good. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, there's two yeah, things. It's not Bobo. There's two things to that is is obviously the remote collar that you're using, and then how you've conditioned it and how often you're conditioning it. Because if that's something that you're not using on a regular basis, and the last time you touched the e collar was four weeks ago, six but weeks I ago. No, I use it when we walk. I okay, use good. It, yeah, I yeah. use it every day when, yeah. when I walk with them. So, I I understand what you're saying, and I understand it's really intense, and I understand that you don't want to turn it all the way up to get him off the thing. But there's levels to getting him back, and there's levels to working on that progressionally, and it takes time, and it takes a makes big skill.
2: good that you think it's possible. Oh, I, I want to
1: interrupt this podcast really quick, you guys. I just want to tell you about the official No Bad Dog Members Club. If you haven't heard or you don't know, we have a, a, a subscription based $19.99 membership. It's like 60 cents a day all of the information that you guys see on the youtube channel the 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 videos the 15 20 minute videos we are actually filming for several days sometimes so we're putting out an hour and change videos the full length it's a good way to support the uh, no bad dog movement it's a good way to see unreleased footage there's a ton of footage on there from the uk seminar that we never touched with youtube Um, just full length stuff if you want to learn more about your dog and the whole process Also, I think one of the biggest contributing factors to this whole community is the actual community you guys were creating this platform and a safe place for people to go and talk about their dogs and the issues and the concerns that they're having. And we are empowering and motivating people and we're not judging them. And it's, it's a beautiful thing to see. It's something that organically created. I didn't think it was going to happen the way it is. It's really cool. The link is in the description below. If you guys want to join, go ahead and let's get back into the podcast. Oh, I, oh, I definitely do. I, I don't, you know, I don't have a, I, I really don't have a doubt in my mind that you can't get there. It's just, you think
2: it's possible. I can get to ignore
1: the cat? No, you can't get him to ignore the cat. See, and it's the same thing with the fence is you're not going to get him to ignore the fence. You're going to get him. I could
2: get him to listen to me and suppress that.
1: Yeah, right. You're going to get him to say, Hey, I know what you want to do, but you, but you can't. Um, but again, like that takes conditioning. So let's, let's, let me paint you a picture of how I would do this. Okay. So let's say the fence is here and you're, you're, you're over here and and, and you know, you guys are, you guys are 50 feet away from each other. Okay. Fence is here. You're here for three days without the other, you you say, okay, the dogs are, the other dogs are inside. I'm going to go out there and work. You're going to paint this picture with them. You're going to let them out on the long line and the e-collar. You're going to use your continuous um, around probably a 10 and you're going to say, Kiko come, you're going to hold the e-collar. He's going to come back. You're going to pay him with a high reward. You're going to do that for two to three days and you're gonna get closer and closer to the fence. in the In the first three recalls, you're gonna do it six feet away from you, and just just to make sure he understands what you're doing. Maybe that maybe later that day you'll go double that. You'll go twelve to fifteen feet, and then once he's doing, and you're
2: saying a long line. Yep, a long line. Yep,
1: e-collar. Yeah, you okay. gotta paint him the picture incrementally. You can't just go from recalling without distractions in a field versus prime time, like you're on the back of a freaking, a bucking bull right now in the rodeo. Yeah. You're not, you're not in the PBR bar anymore. This is real, real shit here, <laughs> All right? This is real deal. I'm not, yeah. because there's a big difference and that. And again, like, that's another thing is if you said, well, this is the, this is the training we've done. This is my expectation of training reality. I would say, well, those are, that's apples to, to potatoes. That those are, true. those are two separate things. That's Florida versus New York, <laughs> right? right? So, so you would go out and you'd paint that picture back and forth and you'd incrementally get to the fence and you'd recall him and you incrementally get to the fence and you paint him that picture and then what you would do is you would say okay the dog's out i'm gonna go four feet away yes pay him i'm gonna go five feet away yes pay him. i'm gonna go 10 feet 15 feet 20 feet and then as he gets closer to the fence it's going to be easier and more gradual to to pull him off so you're you're essentially etching a groove you're etching a groove in, in in a stone and the more you etch it, and the more you etch it, and you paint it, you paint it, and you go down that road. You go down that road. The easier it is for the dog to follow. But right okay. now, if you just take it out of context and say, "Let's figure it out," let him completely off leash, because what I would do is on that long line. Say the e collar wasn't wasn't working at the levels that you wanted it to. I would be able to then switch to maybe a plastic pinch or a prong collar and give him a correction that I know he's going to care about on the long line. To the pin, or right. To the prong so I would. I have a Springer. I would yeah, and I would integrate those two together, and I'd be working on that for a couple weeks until he respond really well, and then I would be waiting for the dog to come outside. I say, hey, the dog's outside, let's go outside, and I would be working on this. I would fast <laughs> him. Me
2: anxiety, just hearing you say. Yeah,
1: that. <laughs> I would be I would be fasting him so he's super motivated off of food. If he's not food motivated, I would get he him. A, okay, perfect. Like those are the things I would be doing to get him to that point. So of course, when I when you're sitting there thinking and hearing me say something that you feel like is impossible, you also don't know the context of how I would be developing this foundation.
2: That makes sense to me. That makes a lot more sense to me, like, Mm -hmm. like backing up to almost, you know, I was a teacher administrator for a long time. It's it's like backward design, like what do you want and then where do you, like where do you start? Yeah, right. Right, right. And it, start thinking of it more that way.
1: Yeah, it's like any project. Like literally yeah, anything. Sure. You you just have to say, let's rewind, say, Oh, I I want this type of house and right. you're like, Okay, well let's figure out a place where we're gonna put it let's start looking at land first. Like don't we yeah. can't pick out shutters yet, you know? So Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, I, I just wanted to put context in there for for, for you is like the difference between Like I wouldn't go there and expect something, uh, some Harry Potter spell and and get him to recall right now. I'm just saying, if you wanted him to recall, there's ways to develop that skill set incrementally to make sure it's successful and your foundation's laid really nicely. Um, So that way, when he's at the fence, you're able to use your remote collar, which again, I don't know what unit you're using um, and, and the condition you've done with it. So it's not a big deal. I'm just saying like those are the things that you really have to consider is there's always going to be a ton of hard work behind a goal that you want with your dog. And that's something like when I say you can do whatever you want with your dog, I mean it. But of course, there's going to be hard work.
2: Do you think they can all be together in a room without him muzzled if I do the work and if I do things right? Do you think that's possible?
1: Yeah, it's definitely, you could do that tonight, but whether or not they're going to go after each other, I don't know. (laughs) That's the thing. But again, like that, that
2: without incident. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I don't, I don't know because I don't know really where it's coming from, you know, like I I don't know where it's stemming from, but I, I will say in, in my, and of course like this phone consultation is better than sitting around going like, what if I wonder, um, for sure. But if, if, Taking taking a look at this macroly and and at a zoomed out thing, what's the problem? I think the problem is is lack of structure with the dogs, and Kiko's obsessed, anxiety ridden um, obsession with you and 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 the attention seeking. Uh, behaviors that he has with you can cause him to become very frustrated and very, very jealous. Uh, Definitely jealousy is a thing with other dogs. I mean, jealousy is a thing with everything. Like even when I'm on the call here, my dogs are, you'll normally see them come up. Yeah. And it's like, they're always jealous. And it, and, and so, so I, I, I think a lot of what you're dealing with is your relationship with the dogs is what's causing things to boil over I think that realistically, there's a primal instinctual tension between the dogs for whatever reason. And I don't think that they're ever going to just be best friends and you can let them go play out back without being there. But I think your relationship with them, like most situations, is what causes them to boil over to actually physically fighting with each other. You know, like I said before, with the tolerance of not really caring about somebody and then it just continuing to stack and stack and stack until you can't take it anymore.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I definitely, I definitely got a lot out of talking to you because I think, um, it is what, I mean, after this last thing that's, we sat down, my husband and I, and I'm like, sure. You know, I think I'm focusing on the wrong dog. I, I'm putting all this focus on ox cause he's so big and, and he's the one that's bitten He's the one that can, you know, kill mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. But I'm not focusing enough on, on the other. You know, just think
1: about side. just think about an overall energy of of your your pack, if you will. I don't like saying pack because it's so freaking overused. But I know it it's is. It's cringy. But it, you know. I don't want to say family either (laughs) because it's like, it's different. (laughs) So, so think about the overall vibe of your pack and, and you know, the, 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 just the energy that you have, you know, with your dogs, that's what you need to work on the most, because even, so if all three of those dogs were aggressive and didn't like other dogs and you had good obedience, you would have a, a far better opportunity at being successful than you already are without, without as much stress. Because you can say, like, okay, example. If my, if my dogs, like my St. Bernard doesn't like other dogs. He never will. He only likes his dogs. That's it. Really? Uh-huh. So today I was outside getting the mail, and I left my front door open because I had the fireplace going, and I just was letting fresh air in. Anyway, I had the front door open, and there was a dog in the cul-de-sac just on a flexi, and my dogs were both sitting there at the door. My one shepherd wanted to come out to play with me. And then the other St. Bernard probably wanted to come out and check that dog's ID, but they didn't because I told them to stay in the door. So my obedience countered their innate primalistic, I want to go play with the frizz because you're outside and the cul-de-sac means we play. And there's a dog basically in my front yard and I wanted to go and I say, nope, you guys got to stay right there. And I didn't even say stay 100% honestly. Stay I just, oh, point. Yeah, I just opened the door and they just were like, we can't pass this threshold because there's typically I find dogs when they're well-trained and you've got a good relationship with them and they respect you and they look at you for direction and they, they ask for permission for things. When there's something that they want, they will ask if they can have it. So because that threshold of that door was open, remember I talked about earlier, this is kind of coming full circle, right? I I do that. I do that with all my puppies. I do that with all my board and trains. I teach thresholds. I teach because it's a very easy thing. I know every dog that I work with, if I open a door is wanting to go through that door every time. I know that for a fact. So if I can work on, I want you to sit here and stay patiently, wait, give me some eye contact. Then I'm going to break you through the rest is history. So when I opened that door and I went outside, they had two distractions, both for both dogs. Lakota, my shepherd could care less about dogs but they didn't even walk outside. Like I could do it right now. There's a dog. I can see a black lab out there. I could go and open my door and just swing it open. And they wouldn't because of that, because of that checking in and that engagement and that structure. Like they're basically like, they're looking at me like, can we go, can we go? And I don't say anything. So they don't do anything.
2: It seems like, I mean, for me, the perspective is from my children and I'm very like, you know, my kids were raised in a certain kind of way and they know like my 12 year old, she checks in. Right. Just do whatever she wants. Right. You know. And Same. she knows, but I don't have to say anything. I'm not a yeller. Right. Right. A, it's Respect. I, I don't have to say anything. She knows. She yeah. has respect. Exactly. You know what I mean? she knows. But that makes that helps me too on yeah. how to think of this. Um, I have this.
1: Yeah, I it's an educator. Edu- yeah. So yeah. with your educator, like, what you can do is you can set up the boost feature, and that's a whole you know can of worms. But that's right. what I'm saying is like the introduction yeah. of the e collar is the thing. But I, I personally. Have 100% belief in you and your dog that you can do exactly what you want to do. You just have to spend the time to work on it. But going back to all three dogs, again, if your obedience is good, you're going to be you're not going to freak out. So say your dog was... Okay, so say we go back to my situation and I didn't have control over my dogs and my dogs were crazy and aggressive and wanted to go after every other dog. My front door was open and there were two dogs in my cul-de-sac. I would lose my mind. I would stress out. I would run back. I would sprint. I'd say, stay, 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 stay. Right? Those those types of things. But I have so much confidence and so much direction with my dogs that the, and the it's respect. And, and respect is basically them saying, I know you're in charge because you make the rules because you, we are dogs and you are the owner and you provide for us. You put food on the table for us. You give us the fetches. You give us the belly rubs. You give us the love. You give us the structure. You give us all of that. It's so in the the best one word to say is balance, just balance. Like you yeah. and your, your child, right. With your daughter, it's like, so true. I love you, but if you make a big mistake, I'm going to let you know about it because that's right. my responsibility because I care. Right. So, anyway, so. And, and
2: it's just as much work, Tom. It's I just know. as much work as what you're telling me, too. It is. Oh, yeah. It, it, well, you got, so got three dogs. Can get a dog and, or three dogs? Three
1: right? dogs.
2: The three
1: dogs? You got three. So, I it's like, three. it's having yeah. three, three different animals, and they're all animals, living under one roof, and. If you don't do the fundamental, foundational stuff to keep them all in check, to let them know that you
2: ultimately—well, like
1: <laughs> like when when parents when I talk to because pa- that's my job, right? I'm really not a trainer. I'm I I just no, I'm yeah, a teacher.
2: Great trainers are you're a teacher. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I but when I work with parents, that's what happens is they kind of look back on their parenting because their kids are a little bit older and they're like, totally makes sense. But I think. I think a lot of dog owners understand it, but they just don't know how to implement it because children went to learn their ABCs and they can speak English. Yeah. But with yeah, it's dogs... Just, it's different communication uh-huh. and
2: you've got to learn it uh-huh. and then you've got to implement it and then you've got to practice it. That's right. And people want people want dogs to come into their life and be this addition that's so fun uh-huh. and, and whatever. And it is. Um, it's not that it's not fun, but just like kids are fun... But holy hell. You know what I mean? <laughs> and the work. more you have, the more the more work it is. Um, but I get it. And it makes yeah. more sense to me now in the way that you your analogies make more sense to me and I get it. And I know exactly cool. what I need to do and I'm hardcore about like doing what I'm what I need to do and doing what I need to do for them. You're absolutely right. I will freak out if I think that, you know, hmm. but like me, I don't freak out about my kids because they know, right. you know what I mean? You have but that control, right? I have that control. I just need to, I need to take the time. And I thought maybe I was like, you know, you have to, they get along, you don't have too much trouble, but then you get that one element that says, guess what? You got to put in the work, you know, and you got to do what you need to do.
1: Yeah. It's a test and it it just takes you know like anything it takes it takes a lot of practice to get over that test and get better
2: i'm in it i'm in it i'm willing to do it but i do appreciate your time today and i've wanted to i've wanted to talk to you for a long time and this kind of pushed me over the edge to kind of get your perspective on on this so i appreciate it
1: yeah yeah no worries um yeah yeah i just think you want to
2: see him he's right here come see him look at him He's Hi. reeling in person. That's
1: my daughter. Hi. He's
2: reeling in person. Anyway, so okay. Well.
1: Yeah, I would. Um, yeah, just hit reset and and work on those things and kind of get back down to the basics. But as far as a game plan moving forward, is I would keep them as keep, safety's number one, and then reset is number two. So just because if you have another incident, you're going to regress. It's going to be emotional for you. So keep them. Um, set, you know, do your crate and rotate. Do your muzzling. Do your do your um crate conditioning too, and just work them individually. I, I don't think Bailey needs as much as the other two, so I would still do work with Bailey, but I agree. Really focus on the, the barking others and the
2: barking with the door and stuff. Yeah. And,
1: yeah. So if your daughter can help you with some of these things, work oh, she will. work them yeah. individually. So work them individually because if you get them all together that's the big that's the big dance that's the hard part so don't start off there start yeah. off with leash pressure individually uh, or I'm sorry just leash work individually 10 minute sessions kind of rotating them around and then once you feel like they're all responsive start incrementing them together and you'll see a change you'll see instead of them looking at each other like oh well what are you gonna do about it You're, they're gonna start looking at you and you can start like you know, vo- vocal checking them. Hey, leave it. Uh, uh-uh. uh. like you can, st- and it's going to mean something to them or right now yeah, they're like,
2: yes, yeah. you're right. You're okay. Right. All
1: right. All right. Hey, good thanks, luck.
2: Tom. I-, I totally appreciate it. And, uh, I'm going to get to work on it. Thank okay. You so much.
1: No worries. Have a great night. Good luck.
2: All right. Thanks.
1: All right. Bye.